This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Lubbock Chamber of Commerce Business Expo. It is uh, great to have you with us today as we have uh, moved just across the street uh, to the uh, Lubbock Memorial Civic Center with our First United Bank studio. And we are on location today as uh, we are here before all the chaos begins, the handshaking, the business deals, the kibitzing, the storytelling, all the things, Jamie, that uh, you would want in a business expo you are going to find here today at the Lubbock Memorial Civic Center. It opens at 10 o'clock this morning. They'll probably have a ribbon cutting with the ambassadors, and I will, uh, I will join my fellow ambassadors, Ambassador Hines, and uh, we'll cut the ribbon and they'll let in the masses here at the Lubbock Memorial Civic Center. That's good news. <laughs> right? right? It's good news. People want to come meet Chuck Hines. No, so I don't know let, about that. Let the masses in. I don't know about that. They want to they come down here and kind of see see what's happening. Do you th- really think there'll be deals that'll be done, or do you absolutely. think it'll just be the kibitzen? Uh, no, there'll be, there'll, be some, there'll be some deals done uh, here today. In fact, I'm... I'm hoping to do at least at least one here today, so I, I feel uh, reasonably good about about my my opportunity here okay. today. Okay, well, we wish you luck. Okay, it's my uh, it's my job to uh, to be here today and to uh, to to welcome those that are that are coming in on behalf of uh, our fine radio stations here, including Double T ninety seven three and Double T ninety seven three We will take your thoughts and comments this morning, all sports related today here on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to double-t973.com for that or the mobile app. The Visual Tech IT hotline is open as well this morning. If you uh, care to visit with Brennan, go to uh, your phone and call him at 806-771-0973 and he will will fill you in as as best he can. Uh, King Craig has the first question of the day and it's for you, Jamie. Uh, Did you walk or drive to the Civic Center today. I I drove because I had to carry something. Yeah, yeah, no, I I did the, I did the same thing. I I thought about it, but it's like why do why do I want to have a a little bit of a sweat going before uh, before this? You know, I just showered and shaved and you know put on a nice tie and I'm ready to go. And so I didn't want to I didn't want to I didn't want to feel a little yucky to begin the to begin the proceedings today. Okay. Okay. Uh, we have big baseball on hand tonight as the Texas Tech Red Raiders entertain the Kansas Jayhawks. It's the first of three today. We'll have it for you at six o'clock. Balls and strikes just after six thirty uh, this evening, and then uh, again tomorrow night, same time, six and six thirty, and then Saturday afternoon a one thirty uh, pregame for the warm-up show, and then two o'clock first pitch from Dan Lawfield at Rip Griffin Park as uh, the Red Raiders play their final regular season series of the year and much anticipated, right, for this one? I mean, just, just, just on your end from the standpoint of anxious probably to get back on the, on the diamond and see if you can get a victory tonight and where it takes you tomorrow and then, and then on Saturday. You only win one today. Yeah, you absolutely have to win this series. So in, in that regard, it makes it a big series. So I think everybody's anxious for it to get here because of that. 
Okay, so uh, we'll look for look for that. Is there is there anything uh, anything we should know from an injury standpoint or guys getting healthy or anything like that? It seems like seems like this club just from what I gather from you this in pretty good shape. Everybody's almost almost everybody's available, right? Yeah, I don't think there's any health issues right now. Okay, that's good. That's good. So uh, we'll have that for you again uh, tonight here on Double T ninety seven three. Critical series, I think. I say that. I mean, there's guys that are done for the sure, year, pretty sure. much, but everybody knows about those guys. Yeah, I was going to say there's nothing, nothing new from the from the West Virginia series or or anything uh, along those lines. Um, Red Raiders would go with their normal uh, pitching rotation. Uh, Mason Molina go, will go tonight with a four and two record and a four twenty earned run average, and then his uh, opponent on the hill tonight will be Colin Baumgartner. He is five and one with a 3.95 earned run average. Both teams will have TBAs on Saturday. KU has a TBA tomorrow. Trendon Parrish uh, will go for the Red Raiders tomorrow night. He is uh, three and two on the season. So, I guess when you look at this game tonight and you look at this um, pitching matchup, uh, the longer that Mason Molina can go and whether he's ahead or only a run or two down, the better off you are from your from your bullpen, right? Yeah, he's definitely one of the guys right now that you're confident in out there on the mound. So you need him to pitch well. You need him to stay in the game. And uh, you need him to not put extra pressure on the bullpen that's already struggling a little bit. Yeah, so you kind of feel like that at this point you need to win probably two or three to to put, take a little bit of pressure off of next week. The Big 12 tournament will start uh, next Wednesday uh, with the four seed against the five seed. And, and right now, <laughs> man... It's as, um, I guess, wide open as it, as it could be just from a standing standpoint. Uh, when you look at the top of the Big 12, West Virginia has a two-game lead right now over Oklahoma State. They're 15-6. and six. Okie State is 13-8. and eight. Texas is right there at 12-9. and nine. So is Kansas State. TCU 11-10. And, and then both Texas Tech and Oklahoma 10-11. and 11. So, you know, kind of the, the thought is you, you might have as many as seven teams fighting for five berths in the NCAA tournament over the next week or so. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah, that that's that's fair because, um, you know, you've got TCU and Texas Tech in the mix there, uh, and I think both those teams have a shot. So, yeah, that, that's fair to say they're seven. So uh, TCU and Kansas State will play in Manhattan uh, starting tonight. Uh, big series uh, starting tonight at Dishfalk down in uh, Austin with Texas entertaining West Virginia Baylor is done with Big 12 play. They'll take on Cal State Bakersfield. Uh, meanwhile, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma will play tonight in Norman, <coughs> and they have a a three-game series there with them as well. Yeah, West Virginia basically just needs to to win one game to guarantee themselves that they will uh, they they would ultimately get a share of the title in the number one seed because they took the series with Oklahoma State. So even if Oklahoma State swept this weekend, they would just be tied. Okay. Um, so the magic number basically is one for them. Yeah. So uh, you, you've got uh, you've got that. Um, I'm sure they want to win it outright though, and not share it with Oklahoma State. Sure, sure. I mean, you always you never want to you never want to tie anything. Six oh nine this morning here uh, on the morning drive. Uh, no kind of jickiness with uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State this year in terms of, um, you know, there's been some years it seemed like they they split up the Bedlam series. They 
They played one game in Tulsa. They played one game in Norman. They played one game in Stillwater. But uh, not so much this year. It's just pretty straight up. Yeah, it looks like that's the case this season, which, you know, hasn't always been the case. And um, I've always been fine with it. It doesn't really bother me that much. But. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't affect you. But it's a... Uh, it's it was kind of it's kind of interesting when they did that. It's like, you know, it's kind of like it's hard to get momentum, you know, if you're if you have if you're the home team. Yeah, a little bit different just because they move them around. All right, six ten. We're just getting started here this morning. We are uh, on location today at the Lubbock Memorial Civic Center for the Business Expo. They call it Rally Around Lubbock, Jamie. Okay. Okay. That's Rally Around idea. Lubbock is the is the theme this year. Uh, the uh, exhibits open to the general public at uh, 10 a.m. I'm just I'm doing everything I can to keep Jeff McGuire from going around every table and getting one of everything before anybody gets here. Great. Okay, I'm going to hold good. hold him at bay uh, for that, and then I'm going to I'm going to try to contain myself as well to to not do that too, but so that we don't get all the good stuff before the the people that they really want to give it to comes in the in through the doors. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. May the 18th, 2023. Jamie and I are on location at the Lubbock Memorial Civic Center for the 2023 Business Expo. Brennan is at the First United Bank studio and has this day in sports history. Brennan, this is your inaugural voyage, so take it away. Well, good morning, gentlemen, and we start with this day on 1912. The Philadelphia Athletics route the the Detroit Tigers 24-2 at Shebae Park. Tigers used amateurs in protest at Ty Cobb's suspension from the game. Just typical baseball guys that protest something with right. trying to make a shamakery of shemockery. it. Shamakery. Yeah. Right. I just stole Chuck's word. On this day in 1929, the Brooklyn Robins beat the Philadelphia Phillies 20-16 and then lose 8-6 in Game 2 at the Baker Bowl. It was a MLB record 50 runs for a doubleheader. Baker Bowl. Sounds like a new one for uh, college bowl season, Chuck. Mm -hmm. On this day in 1956, Mickey Mantle hits home runs from both sides of the plate for a record third time. Cool. On this day in 1972, American basketball player John Sebastian makes 63 consecutive free throws while blindfolded. Blindfolded. <laughs> and you made two out of five I made with, two. with both eyes. I think, yeah, I, I think it was two out of five, yeah. yeah. And then you beat Fink with I beat two Fink. out of five? Yeah, I beat Fink and, yeah. I beat Fink. But he's beaten me twice in one-on-one before uh, Lady Raider basketball games on the road. Mm -hmm. He beat me me in Waco, and I can't remember where the other other game was. So what you're saying is he's better off the dribble. Oh, he's better off the dribble. I mean, he's -hmm. he's bigger than me. He's got a little more bulk, you know. He can can go up with it. I did score this time, though. That's good. I think I think I scored. Did you cross him up, break his ankles? No, no. I, I almost hit a hook shot to win Backed it. Backed him down. I almost hit a hook shot to win it, and that would have that would have. It looked it was online. It was just a little short. It looked like it was going to go in. <laughs> I'm glad Coach Tadlock doesn't ever make Jeff and I match up. 
I think, I think that'd be great. I think he'd take me down, man. Do you think, do you think uh, Coach Tadlock would love to see a little BP, a little home run derby between you and Hacks? Oh, man, Hacks could. I bet you Hacks could hit the ball a long way. Yeah. I think he would get a good big kick out of the two of us, you yeah. know, me rolling you know, grounders see, to second and Hacks hitting lazy pop flies to left. I think that's probably what it would turn into. But his lazy pop flies would be way more impressive than my – you know, little weak rollers to second. Well, Fink sometimes and I are the court gestures of Lady Raider basketball. We pro we provide a little uh, frivolity and uh, fun and entertainment and uh, kind of kind of break the break the nerves a little bit. You know? Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know what hacks and I provide. I don't think it's entertainment. <laughs> Proceed, Brennan. All right. On this day in 2001, 101 year old Harold Stilson becomes the oldest golfer to record a hole-in-one when he aces the 108-yard par-3 16th hole at Deerfield, C.C., Florida. 101 years old. You think he'll make it to 101? No. You think he'll make it to 90? I'm going to guess no. You're going to guess no. Okay. I bet you will. I, I hope to. I mean, my mom is 90, so i, I got to think that, I mean, is, is, she still, is she still going? Mm -hmm. You know, I got to think that I got a, a, a chance at it, right? I mean, everybody's got a chance. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying there's a chance. Yeah. I just don't know. Yeah, man. right. I mean, if you're going to get there, you got to stop getting bent out of shape about everything. You got to just chill a little bit and then I, give your heart a break. See, I think. I mean, traffic. I mean, concerns are. I thought we we're going to take you down at 61 yesterday. So. Yeah, well, I'm 62. So, okay, but, yeah. 62. Yeah. I can never get that right. That's okay. I'm, yeah, I'm, I thought I'm, yesterday was going to be the end. You know, I'm sticking to sports today. Nothing but sports today. No shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody believes that. All right, on this day in 2004, the Arizona Diamondbacks' Randy Johnson becomes the 16th pitcher to throw a perfect game in a 2-0 win versus Atlanta. He was pretty good. He's pretty good. Um, he was. Perfect game. I mean, that's be like having a perfect show. It's a, damn near impossible. It is. I, I bet we'll have one next Monday. <laughs> Are you idle? Or we're off. <laughs> we're off. <laughs> Memorial Day. Yeah. <laughs> week from Monday. <laughs> Feels pretty perfect to me. <laughs> It doesn't you? Yeah, you can come yeah. in. You can come in if you want. No, I'm good. I'm good. All right. It is National Cheese Souffle Day. Out. You out cheese James? Souffle? I'm out. I'm, yeah, out on the I, I'm, I'm out on the cheese souffle. It just it sounds heavy. It sounds gross. I'm sure it smells. Um, I just nothing appetizing about cheese souffle. It does seem odd. Well, it is also I Love Reese's Day, so okay, that I'm makes in. up for the whatever cheese souffle is. Yes, I agree, okay. man. I'm, I'm in on that. Reese's Pieces, maybe? Are you a Reese's Pieces or Reese's Peanut Butter Cup? Both. Both, okay. But peanut, peanut Butter Cups more so. Okay. Happy birthday to the King of Country, George Strait, who turns 71 today. Are you a big fan, Brennan? Yes, I am. I do you like George Strait's music. You got a favorite song? Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm sure this is pretty generic. Caring Your Love With Me is pretty good. Okay. Um, That's the first time I've heard that title. Carried Away is also a very, one of my favorites. Ditto okay. on that one. Chuck, what's your favorite? Probably Amarillo by Morning because that's the only one I know. 
Okay. All right. I'm going to say all three of those are my favorites. Okay. <laughs> I like them all equally. I mean, he could walk in here, and I'd have to introduce myself. I mean, I knew he'd have a cowboy <laughs> hat on. <laughs> You would have to introduce yourself. You expect George Strait to walk in here and know who you are? No, no. I mean, I just. I mean, I wouldn't know who he is. Is my point. I know what your point was. But you didn't make it sound that way. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean it to make, not make it sound that way. But that's just kind of how I. How it, I took. Well, never mind. It doesn't that doesn't matter? All right. Happy birthday to Brooks Robinson, who turns eighty-six today. Okay. Happy birthday to Jim Sundberg, turned 71, former Texas Ranger. Jim Sundberg, yeah. Yep. Happy birthday to Josh Fleming, who turns 27. He's the pitcher for the Rays. And then act- actress Tina Fey turns 53 today. 53. Okay. On the morning of May 18th, Mount St. Helens was shaken by an earthquake of about 5.0 magnitude, and the entire north side of the summit began to slide down the mountain. The giant landslide of rock and ice, one of the largest recorded in history, was followed and overtaken by an enormous explosion of steam and volcanic gases, which surged northward along the ground at high speed. The lateral blast stripped trees from most hill slopes within six miles of the volcano and level nearly all vegetation for as far as 12 miles away. Approximately 10 million trees were felled by the blast. 10 million? That's a lot of trees. The landslide debris, liquefied by the violent explosion, surged down the mountain at speeds in excess of 100 miles per hour. The avalanche flooded Spirit Lake and roared down the valley of Tootle River for a distance of 13 miles, burying the river to an average depth of 150 feet. Mud flows, pyroclastic flows, and floods added to the destruction, destroying roads, bridges, parks, and thousands more acres of forest. Simultaneous with the avalanche, a vertical eruption of gas and ash formed a mushrooming column over the volcano more than 12 miles high. Ash from the eruption fell on northwest cities and towns like snow and drifted around the globe for two weeks. 57 people, thousands of animals, and millions of fish were killed by the eruption of Mount St. Helens. And all 57 of those people were told to get the hell out of there, and they chose to stay. Okay? <laughs> you know, that's the bottom line there. Uh, thank you, Brennan. That was this day in sports history. Okay, I've got... Have I told you my Brooks Robinson story? Um, I'm not sure. Do you want me to tell... i got a Brooks Robinson story. You want me to tell you? Sure. This is the third baseman for the uh, Baltimore <laughs> Orioles. So I'm, I'm uh, in college. I'm interning at the uh, NBC affiliate in Kansas City, Action 4 News. And I'm in the broadcast booth because we're... I'm in the booth next to where the Orioles play-by-play and, and, and announcer were. Brooks Robinson was the color guy. And so he looks at me right before nobody's in there, and he says, okay, Flanagan's 5-7 and seven and Gura's 7 right? Larry Gura was the pitcher for the Royals. And I said, no. I said, Gura's 5-7 and seven and Flanagan's 7-5, and five, whatever the numbers were. And he kept getting it wrong. He had like a cocktail in his hand. He was getting ready to do this game with Chuck Thompson, who was, he wore a fedora, and he was always, he was just a prince of a guy. And so 
we go back and forth, Brooksy and I do several times, and finally, Brooksy. they go in there. They go in there and they're doing the open, and, and Chuck Thompson goes, "Welcome to Kansas City." And Brooks, we've got quite a pitching matchup today. And he said, "We do. We've got Larry Gurr at five and seven, and Mike Flanagan at seven and five, And he winks at me as he's doing the open. Nice. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Nice. <laughs> All right, it's just before we just need seven. one of those interns to make sure Chuck gets everything right now. Right, right. That's yeah. that you know, brother helping brother, right? The Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey, good morning, and welcome to the Morning Drive here this morning on Lubbock Sports Station Double T ninety seven three and Double T ninety seven three dot com with Jamie Lynn. I'm Chuck Hines. We come to you this morning from the First United Bank studio, and we are on location today at the Lubbock Memorial Civic Center as we're here as part of the Business Expo Rally Around Lubbock. It uh, opens up at 10 o'clock this morning, and they've got uh, booths all set up and ready to go. Nobody here yet, Jamie, but uh, they anticipate big crowds here today, so uh, lots of opportunity to shake hands and uh, and do do a little business and uh, you know, try to raise a little commerce for your uh, for your business or educate yourself on uh, new folks. So come on down here today and uh, rally around Lubbock. I don't know if they'll have any ribbons or anything like that or if there's any singing of Kumbaya uh, or anything like that. But uh, I think just a, a general rallying cry, you know, you know, here today uh, at the Lubbock Memorial Civic Center for the annual business expo. So they've got some seminars here this morning. And this afternoon, if you're into that type of thing, uh, or you can just uh, go around and visit with the, the various folks. You know a lot of the people that will be here today. And so uh, you'll your opportunity to kind of see everybody in one room and maybe uh, get some get some commerce done uh, for your business. Red Raiders are in baseball action tonight. They take on the Kansas Jayhawks. KU is 23-28. and 28. They're 7-14 and 14 in the Big 12. The only way that they would even consider being able to go to the NCAA tournament is to win the uh, Big 12 tournament next week, and that's highly unlikely. Texas Tech very much in the thick of things, and they need to win uh, this week, and and uh, it all starts tonight. Red Raiders are 35 up and 18 down, 10 and 11 in Big 12 play. They're 28 and 6 at home, so that bodes well uh, for the Red Raiders. They've been 5 and 8 on the road this year, and 1 and 2 in a neutral site, and they'll have uh, neutral site action coming up uh, next week with the Big 12 tournament. Uh, Mason Molina will go tonight for the Red Raiders, 4-2 and two with a 4.20 earned run average. We'll have coverage at 6 tonight and play-by-play at 6.30. What has stood out to you the most about Mason Molina this year? What has stood out the most? Um, I, probably a strikeout totals. I think he's done a great job in that area of, <clears throat> of getting strikeouts compared to last season. I think he's better, um, you know, with the Ks, which I think is – has been big, especially when you're talking about a team that at times has struggled defensively. There's there's positives in that. Um, you know, I, I think for the most part, I mean, there's been a couple times where he hasn't been as good, but for the most part, he's he's given you a chance pretty much each and every time out there, and that's that's what you're looking for from your starting pitcher. 79 strikeouts for him this year, 30 walks that he's issued. He's given up 30 earned runs, 53 hits, 35 runs overall, nine home runs, and just one triple. Okay. Just one triple. Do you don't see you don't see a whole lot of triples anymore. Um, so 
I don't know. Just more in college than in the pros. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, he has a record of uh, four and two on the season, uh, coming in to tonight's game. Coach Tim Tadlock met with the media the other day, and he was asked uh, with regard to this team where he has seen his team improve the most since the start of the season. Here's Coach Tadlock. Um, that's interesting. Interesting thought. I'm, I mean, it's. Uh... You know, it's really interesting because there's always ups and downs in a college baseball season. You're also asking me off coming off two losses. Um, I do think they've uh, done a good job of showing up throughout the year and and preparing and working and doing what it takes to be ready to play. Um, And our two-strike hitting, I think, through the year, I think our guys have felt like they've been a tough out and been able to extend that bats through the year. Um, you know, you'd like to say, obviously, you know, in all phases, you've gotten a little better. That's what you'd like to say. Um, I think our defensive numbers are better than they look. Um, I, and I hadn't gone back and looked at it. There, there'll be a time for this, but I, we made a lot of errors early on trying pickoffs and back picks and things that made the scoreboard look ugly, but it's just things you have to try, you know, to try to slow people down. And um, But to answer your question to me would probably be just the ability to extend that bats. And um, it would probably be the main thing, I would say. Coach Tim Tanlock, what would you say? Where do you think the teams improve the most? Throughout the course of the season? Yeah. Um, where they've improved, I think defensively. They've gotten way better defensively than they were at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And that and that was a theme that you've kind of, you know, told us about throughout the season, you know, especially at the start, you know, how how young the up the middle was at second base and at shortstop. And obviously you're replacing a guy like Jace Young at third base. So, you know, you've got, you've got you know, lots of things that you've got to, you've got to come, come, come up with. But, um, but that, and were you surprised to hear him say about extending at bats? Yeah, I mean, I think that's been one of those things where they've been inconsistent on. I think we've seen it plenty. I just feel like that's one of those things where, you know, when the offense is going well, you are doing those kind of things, and you are really battling. But when it's been quiet, it's been quiet as a group. I mean, just as a whole, just everybody as a team seems to be, um, you know, quick outs and they haven't battled as much. So, I mean, the theme for, you know, if you ask me one word to describe this year's baseball team, I would say inconsistent would be the word. And you've gotten good pitching. It seems like your offense has battled more. But on days where your offense or your pitching has struggled, it seems like you're your offense isn't saying, okay, guys, we, let's put up some big numbers here and let's see if we can win a high-scoring game. You just haven't seen that very often. I mean, one recent time is the Sunday in, in Morgan – no, excuse me, Sunday in Manhattan where your offense did put up runs. You just didn't get enough pitching in that game, and you actually fought your way back into it a couple different times and had a, an 8-6 lead in the – whatever, I think you were in the seventh inning at that point, but then let it slip away. But for the most part, when your pitching has been bad, your offense is, uh, it just feels like they haven't been as good at doing what Coach Tadlock was talking about there and extending at-bats and making pitchers work. If if this team's going to catch fire and make a run, 
um, over the next several weeks. Where, where do you think that that starts? I think it has to start with starting pitching, but I mean, it, it also has to start with uh, Gavin Cash and Austin Green um, catching fire because uh, those guys have just been really quiet of late. And and it also seems like if you were more consistent, uh, could level out the highs and lows, that that would probably help you too. Just overall as a baseball team, just in kind of what sure. what, what I've sure. heard. Or, or just get to the highs and stay high all the time. <laughs> yeah, those games where your offense is scoring a bunch, you just keep doing that. Right, right. And, and your and your pitching, you know, get your starting pitching into the, you know, go, get them to go through six. That yeah, cures yeah. a lot. That cures a lot of ills, doesn't? Fix a lot of things. That fixes a lot of things. And and then sometimes too, it seems like you've had a lot of quick out innings. You know, from an offensive standpoint, a lot of one two threes. Yeah, uh, you have you you have gone down one two three a lot, and you have. You have been few and far between where you have sat down a team one, two, three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so we'll have uh, Texas Tech and Kansas tonight at uh, 6 o'clock, play-by-play at 6.30. We'll get some more thoughts from Coach Tadlock here in just a moment. Uh, also, we'll update you on Crack the Code. We've given away our $1,000 for this week, but a new week starts on Monday, obviously, and our last week to give away $1,000 during the week, and then we're going to give away five grand. $5,000, a check with five and a comma and three zeros, five G whizzes, however you want to do it. We're going to do that on June the 1st, and we'll do that at two docks. It's all courtesy of the Home Zone and Double T 97.3. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Now, Jamie's question of the day. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. All right. uh, What is your your question for us and our fine listening audience today? All right. I feel like over the last few weeks I've been too too serious on my question. So for the second consecutive day, I'm I'm going to go with a more laid-back fun one. Okay. All right. This one is is Red Raider football related. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. What player on the Texas Tech football team do you think you could flip to the other side of the ball and he would still be a really good player playing a different position on the other side? Offense oh. to defense, defense to offense. Okay. Okay. Well, there's some there's some real candidates I think for that. Um <laughs> I hate even bringing this guy up because you're just going to you're just going to laugh but I'm going to be serious. But I think Mason Tharp could be a defensive end i don't think he's thick enough <laughs> he'd have to put on some weight but he's like a stand-up guy to block down the passes at the line of scrimmage I, he'd be good uh, as a defensive tackle in the in the field goal block yeah but they don't they don't they don't allow you to i just don't think he's thick enough you're probably right about end. that i think he'd be I, I don't know maybe i'm wrong maybe maybe i'm not giving him enough credit you're probably right about that i think maybe any of your receivers uh Jaren bradley um or um, J.J. Sparkman, or and I haven't seen Dre McCray play yet, but I mean he's he's fast. I think any of those guys could probably be defensive backs. Okay, I I I, I think Jaron Bradley, like his length and lankiness, mm-hmm. I, that doesn't you don't necessarily see defensive backs like that, right? They're more compact and okay. 
you know, you still want athletes with long wingspan and all that good stuff. But wouldn't you say defensive? I mean, corners are usually yeah. They're usually shorter yeah. than Bradley is. So I've swung and missed here so far. Well, I mean, it's just your opinion. No, you're asking. No. I, I mean, if you're throwing it out there, I. Um, you know, could is could Henry Teeter be a a big linebacker? See, I think Teeter, yeah, is I, I think of a guy 6'4", like that. Six four, two fifty five. Yeah, and and as an outside rush backer, yeah, I I think that one would work. Um, you know, you 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 look at the wide receiver position. And what about a guy like Miles Price? I, I know you'd like him to be a little bit taller, but mm-hmm. I feel like Miles Price might be like a lockdown corner. Somebody like that, but maybe maybe he is a little bit shorter than than you would want. I'm curious if Austin McNamara could throw the ball. Could he be a quarterback? I bet he could. Yeah, yeah. I mean, could he could he be a quarterback? Could he be? Could he come in there for a? Could he on fourth down? Could he throw the ball? Mm-hmm. You know, could he? Could we have a little fake punt action going on there? Yeah. I don't think we saw a fake punt. We uh, we saw him go for it on fourth down a number of times, but I don't think we ever we I don't think we saw a fake punt at all with. With Coach McGuire, I don't think we've seen that yet. Yeah, no, I guess, I guess not. I just we were just going for it all the time. <laughs> right, so. we were, we were going for it. Yeah, we were going for it. You know, could it, could it, could Tony Bradford be an offensive lineman? Um, yeah, I would think so. I would think so. Um, I I would like to see Taj Brooks as a middle linebacker. Somebody else had said that too on the yeah. Yates Florida okay. Center chat line. Okay, I'd like to see Taj playing, I mean, running downhill, sideline to sideline to get after people. Mm-hmm. Jeff wants Caleb Rogers, I assume, as a defensive tackle. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that one that one might work as well. I think the the lines are well, it's probably easy to flip guys over, right, mm-hmm. from one line to the other. Some would be better than others, you know. Um, yeah, I, the first one I thought of was Taj Brooks playing middle linebacker. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's the one for me. Okay. What about uh, Cameron Valdez? Where could Exxon play? I think Valdez would be a – I think he'd probably be a a nickel defensive back, right? Okay. Seems like Cameron would lay the wood to someone. <laughs> good. Yeah. He'd be good in run defense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 5'9", He's a, kind of a – you got a lot of short receivers, yeah. and um, seems plug. like you have some tall ones mm-hmm. with Sparkman and um, who were we just talking about a minute ago, uh, Jaron Bradley. Yeah, but then you've got some shorter ones. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so how about how about uh, any of your linebackers? Could they could they flip over and be a, a fullback for you or a running back for you? Oh, yeah. How about Teeter as a fullback? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, he's, wait, wait, he's on the same side, he's of, the on same side of the ball. Yeah. Well, how about like uh, Tyreek Matthews or uh, Jacob Rodriguez or even, um, let's see here. Who else? Then you got Rusty Stats, the offensive lineman. I bet he could play defensive lineman. Probably could. You know, I bet he could, he could walk over there to the other side of the ball and, and do that. Although there's, there's – what about Josiah Pierre? I wonder, what, I wonder if he could be a smash mouth kind of run between the tackles guy. He seems like a guy that likes to hit. Yeah, I bet he. I bet he could fill that position. I, I bet. I bet he could play tight end too. Okay. Uh, I wonder about our our kicker, Gino Garcia. Do you think he? Do you think he's good for anything other than kicking? 
think he's good for anything. But I kicking. wouldn't imagine the kickers would be the guys that would most likely transition to a different position. I think they're probably kickers for a reason. That they they would have a hard time transitioning to yes, another. Yes, I would okay. imagine they would be the guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would. I could be wrong. <laughs> right. He's what six two two ten. He's not a small guy. No. He's a, he's also not you know six four two seventy either. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Uh, all right. So seven thirty seven this morning here on the morning drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to the Double T ninety seven three mobile app. It's presented by Happy State Bank. The Visual Edge IT hotline is open as well. Eight zero six seven seven one zero nine seven three. A little bit of cowboy news for you. Cowboys uh, still have yet to uh, make a decision on uh, Zeke Elliott. He could be finding a new home, according to this article. And then here's somebody that uh, that may land in your lap, um, Dalvon Cook from the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Um, would he be more of a fit in uh, Dallas? Uh, he's got a, a big hit, uh, I think, on his salary cap, on his uh, salary uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, yep, they're already paying Tony Pollard a big sum of money. Uh, but Dalvon Cook is uh, 27, and he's rushed for over 1,100 yards the last four seasons. Yeah, good, good for, running back for the Vikings. It's all a matter of what what you're going to give up for him mm-hmm. financially, what you want to pay. Yeah, because it, I mean, it feels like it'd be a good chunk. Almost wonder if he'd be better, if he'd be better off with him than than with uh, with Zeke Elliott. I would think you could get Zeke cheaper. Yeah. Uh, Zeke apparently could be a, a candidate to go to the Los Angeles Chargers. That's where Kellen Moore is, his former offensive coordinator with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Uh, also, Cleveland Browns, potential candidate to uh, to be uh, there at uh, a backup to Nick Chubb. Anywhere but Dallas. I, I think I'm. I think I'm ready to move on from Zeke. You ready to move on from Zeke? Do you see any value there? Uh, I think there's value if you get him at a discounted rate. Yeah. Just not at the va- not at the uh, price range you were paying him before. Uh, here we here we go. Jacob Rodriguez. Uh, somebody says this off the Yates Flooring Center chat line. A bell dozer type quarterback. He played quarterback at Wichita Falls Ryder, and knocked two undefeated Lubbock Cooper teams out of the playoffs at quarterback. Who are they talking about? Uh, Jacob, Jacob Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Okay. Yeah. Okay. A bell dozer. Kind of a. You know, remember that guy Blake Bell? Oh yeah. Um, Oklahoma. Doesn't he play for your Chiefs now? He does. He he played for the Chiefs, won a Super Bowl there, then left, went to the Cowboys, and then went back, and I think won another one. So, yeah, he's he's there. He's uh, he's with the Chiefs. So, anyway, so just that was a good question. It's a different question. It was a good question. Glad so, you liked it. Seven thirty-nine this morning here on the morning drive. Okay, so let me ask you this question: Are there any Red Raider baseball players that could play football? Hudson White was a high school quarterback. Uh, I would imagine Dylan Carter. That's the guy I was thinking about. Because he's got an incredibly strong arm. Probably be a good slot receiver, too, as fast as he is. I bet there'd be a lot of them that could transition. I bet there are a lot that played in high school. Yeah, yeah, I bet so, too. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I feel bad for the... uh, the folks that are right across from us. Why is that? Uh, the Battery Joe guys? The Battery Joe folks. Why is that? you know Haxton and Woodman 
right? Are going to be throwing these footballs. What everybody? All over the place, and there's, I don't know, what about seventy-five percent chance that mm -hmm. somebody that works for Battery Joe's is going to get hit with an errant football. From, I mean, Woodman's aim is, I mean, it's legendarily bad. <laughs> we get this from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, Robert, I thought he was my friend. He says, uh, drill Chuck in the head. It might put some sense in him. <laughs> LOL. He said LOL. I know. LOL. LOL. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> no offense. LOL. No offense, but Chuck with a I, I just learned something from our former colleague and uh, still friend, James Epler. Very good. From uh, Good Day Lubbock. I was sharing with him about my Bangkok experience because he's a coat and tie guy. He's a suit guy. He's a he's the guy that wears a tie every day. He's an anchor man, right? Okay, yeah. And he told me, he goes, he, he saw my jacket, and I told him that, you know, I'd gotten this suit in Bangkok. This is my one of my Bangkok suits that I'm wearing today. And I said, it's a custom suit. And he's like, he's like, let me give you a little tip of what the guys that do that have custom suits. And it's very... It's very arrogant. It's very, very snobbish. Okay, but I, I don't know. It kind of fit that bill sometimes. Um, they button, unbutton, no unbutton the bottom button on the uh, on the sleeve, and that basically is a signal to the other guys. This is a custom suit because usually the buttons on uh, a regular suit don't unbutton. Well, humble brag. You know, I do this the best. <laughs> So I did that. So I was like, he's like, that's a, that's like a, if you know, you know, kind of deal. But I thought that was a very interesting tip from James Epler. Good day, Lubbock. I think they still call it that. Uh, that's, uh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's very, you know, with KU in town tonight, that was very arrogant and very snobbish of, yeah. That's a typical KU oh, okay. kind of deal. KU's in town. What color is Chuck wearing? I know. I, I thought about that this morning. When I put this on. I'm like, God dang it. I'm wearing blue today. I and I, you opened yourself up so much to the fact that you haven't been in a tech game all year long. I know. And I you're know. going with Kansas. I know. Here. I know. I know. You opened yourself up I know up I did. I know I did. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, your, your shirt is blue. Your tie is blue. I know. I mean, you look like Papa Smurf over here. <laughs> <laughs> I think I look dashing today. My gray hair and my, you know, I think, you know, blue shirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me tell you where they listed Joey McGuire. Do you want to take a guess where they listed Joey McGuire in this top 25 list? Others receiving votes. Well, okay, so. Well, clearly it's got to be number one, right? No, they list him at number 46. Woo! So here's, here's who's right behind him in the Big 12. And, uh. I was surprised by one of these. Not surprised. I'm surprised that Neil Brown made the top 60. <laughs> top 65, I guess, is what they're looking at. So Neil Brown comes in. I guess it's the top 69, okay? Uh, Neil Brown comes in at uh, 59 for West Virginia. And don't you feel like if there's one coach that's going to get fired uh, in the Big 12, it's going to be him? Yeah, he would be first on the list. Yeah, yeah, first on the list. Him and Dana. Him and Dana. Okay, so at number 52 on this list, and you're going to go, well, based on the year he had, okay, but if you're going to give Sonny Dykes the one year or if you're going to give Chris Kleiman credit for kind of what he had done previously at North Dakota and even Lance Leipold, what he had done previously at Buffalo and his other stops, I think you should give um, 
I think you should give uh, Brett Venables more credit uh, for what he did at Clemson because they have him listed at number 52. Um, what he did at Clemson was not be a head coach. Oh, I know, but he was an assistant. But, I mean, he was, he was you know, part of a team that, you know, was won national championship and played in college football playoff games. And yeah, I, that's all fine and dandy, but what has he done as a head coach? No, I know. I, I Again, I know. I mean, they didn't have a good year, clearly. I mean, he took a program that's usually great, and they were bad. Yeah. And, and maybe it's deserved. Um, Dana Holgerson, they listed him at 48th. Okay. That seems about fair, right? Uh, here's what they said about Joey McGuire. This guy, this guy that wrote this article says this, I was skeptical of the McGuire hire at Texas Tech, but I've quickly come around after one season. My fellow voters seem even higher as he climbed up 16 spots to number 46 after an 8-5 and five record last season. More importantly, Tech's 5-4 and four mark in the Big 12 was the first time it finished a season with a winning record in the league since Coach Leach's final season in 2009. Three coaches have tried and failed to do so, and McGuire did it in his first year. His 2022 rank going into his first season as a college football head coach was 62. I wonder why he was skeptical about it. Yeah, it, I think that's basically a guy that just wasn't here. Because I think I think all of us, I think we all saw that this is basically a home run from the beginning. Tom Fornelli is his name. I'm not familiar with him. But my, my guess is he's a... He's an out-of-town guy that just kind of looked at it as, okay, they hired a Baylor assistant, a guy that's a high school coach, blah, blah, blah. And how is he going to make them any better than what Matt Wells did or Cliff Kingsbury did or Tommy Tuberville did? Okay. It's probably it. Because he, because he had, didn't have any experience as a head coach, I guess is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, I, I would say that if, if um, you have another record like you did this, this past season or you contend for a Big 12 title, which – I think a lot of people feel that way, don't you, Jimmy? I mean, I feel, think a lot of people feel like you're going to be in the hunt, at least. I think you're going to be in the hunt. I feel like you're going to come up with just a little bit short. Yeah. I think you'll be top five in the conference, but you'll be you'll be in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody says this, Epler is messing with you. That's highly possible. I'm a gullible guy. Yeah, James doesn't seem like he would do that. Maybe not. This is a real name, Jamie. I mean, you always trust people named Jamie. I do. His friends call him Jamie. His professional on-air name, his big-time anchorman name, is James Epler. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, because really it just doesn't sound very professional to be named Jamie. Well, not on the TV news, you know, when you're anchoring the news, you know, reading the news every night. Sounds like a guy who parents couldn't decide on a girl name or a boy name. It, I insulted a, uh, a uh, uh, an anchor once that worked for me. Um, this is shocking. Here, here in town, she asked me once if I thought she was a journalist, and she was very good on the air, and she was cute and bubbly, and you know, read the news. I said, no. I said, I said, I really, you're a reader. She goes, a reader. I go, yeah, actually, you're a professional reader. She goes, a professional reader. I'm not a journalist. I said, no. I said, you're a professional reader. I said, think about what you do. You you read, and you're paid for it. So not trying to be dim, disparaging or demeaning she, or anything. Did she write stories for the website? Did she go cover stories? I don't stories? think there was a website at okay, that point she, in time. Oh, sorry. Did she, you know, write anything on slabs of rock? I think she was just on the <laughs> evening news, you know, 
bubble-headed bleach bomb that came on at 5 and told you about the plane clash with a gleam in her eye. <laughs> you know? Do you consider yourself a journalist? No, I have a journalism degree. <laughs> Every once in a while I do use it. But no, I don't consider myself a journalist. Okay. I can I consider my I don't know really. I consider myself a broadcaster. In all in in every sense of the form, of, you know, from a overall, I'm a broadcaster. Okay, I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a radio broadcaster. Okay, in the truest sense of the word. So if Coach Tadlock was like Coach Tadlock, do you think Chuck is a sales guy, or mm-hmm. do you think he's a talk show host? Is he a journalist? Coach Tadlock would set of saying, oh, I think Chuck's a ball player. He would say. He's broadcasting. Um, uh, that, He's a broadcast. To me, to me, that that is the the, the greatest thing you, you could tell me overall. Because I know I'm a sales guy. I know I'm a, a, you know, I get on the air and squawk for three hours, and they allow me to sit next to Mark Finkner and provide a little commentary from time to time. And you know, but overall, I'm a I'm a broadcaster. That's how I, I view myself, and I take pride in that being a broadcaster. I just see myself as a squawker. No, I think you're a you're you're a professional. <laughs> Says the guy who's playing catch with a football. Right, right. While he's while he's doing doing all this. This has been the Morning Drive podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T ninety seven three podcasts at double T ninety seven three dot com.